Okay, everyone, it's time for a Rasafari Podswap! Hello, I'm John Rossi. I'm a touring drummer with a passion for animal conservation. When I'm on the road, I spend as much time as possible visiting zoos, aquariums, and conservation organizations. Now, I want to share those places with you. I'll be talking to keepers, vets, conservationists, anyone who can help me in my mission of connecting my people to animals through their people. Join me on my raw safari. Hello, 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 and welcome back to a very special bonus episode of the Rasafari Podcast. All right, y'all, I'm going to keep this intro short because the whole point of this episode is that for a change, you won't have to listen to me being a goober on here. Instead, you're going to get to listen to a former guest being a goober, only she's actually, you know, quite intelligent and talented and not a goober at all. Uh, okay, that's a lie. She's totally a dork and a goober, and we love her, but she's awesome and famous, and I'm sure you will remember her episode. Uh, but I'm going to be turning this podcast over to our friend Hillary Hankey. Now, Hillary Hankey um, is obviously an incredible bird nerd. She does amazing training. She does free flight stuff out in uh, Escondido, California. Um, and, and, you know, y'all heard the episode, I'm sure if not go back and listen, but, but I love Hillary. And, uh, I, I remember when she agreed to do the podcast, there were a whole lot of people who were like, Whoa, that's impressive. And they were right. She's very impressive. So one of the many things that Hillary does is she hosts her own podcast. It's called the avian behavior podcast. And it's a podcast in which they discuss Avian behavior. Probably got that one. But actually a lot of other things, too, including leadership and all kinds of good stuff. Um, Hillary's awesome, and uh, I just I wanted to share some of her work with y'all. So we agreed to do a pod swap, and that means that uh, her episode of, of the Raw Safari podcast, in which I interviewed her, is going to be playing on her channel, and I'm going to be playing this episode of her podcast for y'all. When we talked about doing this pod swap, I instantly knew that I wanted to have her send me this episode because it's called The What's and Why's of Animal Training Mentorships. And I think mentorship is wildly important. Uh, I have lots of thoughts about why mentorship is important and why it should be something we're all doing more in all different fields and not worrying so much about formal education for all of these different fields, says the guy who started a master's program. But anyway, the point is that uh, I'm, I'm excited about mentorships. I think they're a great idea, and I think that Hillary breaks this down really, really well. So... Um, yeah, I, I hope you guys enjoy this. Check it out and uh, make sure you go subscribe to the Avian Behavior Podcast after you've heard this episode. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to Hillary now. Catch y'all on the regular episodes. Hey, everyone. I'm Hillary Hankey, professional animal trainer and behavior consultant. And this is episode 41 of the Avian Behavior Podcast. <laughs> Birds and welcome to our podcast where we give you the straight tea on the science of animal behavior and training, what motivates and inspires us, and the complex and nuanced world of animal care. Now, today we're going to talk about mentorships and what it means to be a role model and just kind of seeking feedback, especially you know, the first, the first podcast of 2022. Uh, before we get started in that, I just wanted to give kind of a heads up about some of the content that we have coming out in the new year. In our lab, we have our Screaming Master Course, the final lessons eight through 11 plus worksheets. We're going to be talking about setting up a free flight amphitheater program. We're going to be wrapping up our harness training. And I think that's also going to be on demand. So if you're on our email list, you're going to be getting 
content coming out also on that, but also just kind of like a heads up first. We're going to be talking about Raptor equipment and avoiding frustration. Our February lineup, we have our workshop, which you guys are probably aware of. Y'all are in the know about that. We have our Raptor Care Master Course, Bird of Prey Glove Manners. And this is what I'm pretty excited about. There's actually a couple things. Well, I'm excited about everything, but we're going to be starting up a huge course on parrot species profiles and husbandry guides. So that's going to be part one. Part two is coming in March. And in March, one of the things that I'm really also excited about is we're going to be talking about errorless learning. And uh, then we have kind of in in all of that, we're going to have member exclusive Q&As with experts on a lot of things. So we're kind of lining up those. So just kind of wanted to put that out there because I always forget to kind of talk about what's what's happening in our lab, but then also in our in our Instagram page, you might have noticed that on Wednesdays we have our lives at 1 p.m. Pacific, so you can put that on your calendar. So we are going to be going in between. Uh, we have questions, so you can submit your questions every other Wednesday on your training. Uh, whether you just have like a behavior problem or you want some advice on some training, so we're going to do that every other Wednesday, and then opposite Wednesdays, we're going to do like a training session. So we always have, those are going to be kind of short. We do have more in-depth live training sessions, and we're going to do those uh, on Sundays in the lab and then also on Thursday afternoons. So that's all Pacific time, and it's really fun. We have a little chat group, and it's just like a really, um, it's, a diff- it's a different feel than our Instagram because Sometimes we just kind of get pummeled with all kinds of questions, but it's, it's really fun inside the lab and you don't, it, it, the chat is just really just kind of open and free flowing. So you can get on our email list, like I said, and get kind of the heads up sooner than later. And we also kind of drip in our, our other content, like our blog posts. We have some of those coming up and then our on-demand courses. And we do have kind of secret coupon codes in our email list as well. We've got someone really awesome helping us out on that because that was kind of dragging for a while because it was all on me to do that and your girl just doesn't have the bandwidth for everything. So there's that. All right, let's talk about mentorships. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this this year, and I'm just going to give kind of an overview before we get into it, because (laughs) I was listening to some podcasts about burnout and you know, don't hide the women and children. Um, I'm I'm not going anywhere, but there's going to be some kind of changes coming up. And I was just sort of feeling a little bit exhausted. I, I know we're all, <laughs> I mean, by week one, we were feeling exhausted by the pandemic, but just, you know, sort of trying different things to make sure that I'm feeling like I'm fulfilling my purpose, you know, being of service to others and just as a person, um, not always putting myself, uh, making sure that I am also uh, taking care of myself, which is just not really something that I'm really good at. And I think that's, that's not specific to me. That's something that many of us struggle with. So uh, th- that's just really hard. There's so many things that I'm interested in this world. And so it's really hard to, to step back and be like, hey, maybe you should just rest. Uh, and, and what does rest even look like? So that's just something that I, I've been kind of on a little, a little tour of the human mind about. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting, something that really stuck with me, is that human beings are not designed to do big things alone. They're designed to do big things together. And there is this quote by social psychologist Jonathan Haidt that I think is just so fascinating is that we're all 90% chimpanzee, but 10% bee. Chimpanzees in particular are very good at competing with each other. Uh, If you watch any documentaries, you probably know that, but not so good at working together as a team. So they can, you know, there's moments of like kindness and showing sympathy, but scientists can always explain those traits in terms of how behavior benefits the individual chimp or its kin. And like chimpanzees, we humans are shaped by individual level forces. So there's some interesting articles that I'm, I'm taking this from 
that I'm going to put in the show notes. Because by contrast, bees are the ultimate team players, one for all and all for one. And they're evolved to bind together for the good of the hive. When a deep connection happens with people, purpose and shared values are great things that happen as well. So another study that was really fascinating that made me think of this, this concept of mentorship and, and working together and how that, how that plays a part in, in, in what I'm going to talk about in this podcast is that when we move together in synchronicity, we are more likely to engage in pro-social behaviors. So there was a study that tested 68 babies in all and to see if bouncing in music with another person makes a baby more likely to assist that person by handing back accidentally dropped objects. And what they found was that, so they would bounce these babies in sync together. And when they could see other people like bouncing together with them in sync, they would then a person would be like drawing a picture and they would drop the marker and they would see if the infant would pick it up and hand it back to her. A classic test of altruism in babies. Now the babies that were bounced in time with the researcher were more likely to toddle over, pick up the object and pass it back to the researcher compared to the infants who had been bounced at a different tempo than the experimenter. It's like, a really fascinating study. And like I said, I'm going to link this to the show notes. And again, it just sort of dovetailed with the idea of working together. Yes, I'm not talking necessarily about bouncing or clapping or singing together, but I think it's natural to want guidance or at least someone or something to tell us that we're on the right path, right? To move together. Because it's like getting to adulthood and realizing wait, this thing didn't come with instructions. And, and maybe that's not all of us all the time, right? I went through a period where I didn't want someone telling me what to do. I even have a divorce to prove it. But then I realized it's really nice to be told that you're holding a blowtorch before you burn the house down. Maybe you didn't realize it. So we're going to talk mentorship. We're going to talk role models and teachers and being of service to one another as we kick off 2022. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about mentors. And this is a really important subject for me because this is something that has really shaped my life. So what is what does it mean to need or want a mentor in the first place? And I'm going to use the probably mentor tag line or word, whatever the term is you crazy kids are using these days. I'm going to say mentor and I'm going to say role model because sometimes I guess I've been using those terms in my head kind of interchangeably over the past many years. So let's just go with both of those, uh, if that is okay with you. So first of all, I just want to go back like 25 years in my little land. And uh, I was a horseback rider uh, when I was younger, and I was a pretty competitive horseback rider. And I had a, a trainer, as you do. And I remember someone saying to me, and I don't remember who it was, but I was like talking about having to take lessons or go meet up with my horseback riding trainer, or maybe it was just my German horseback trainer who was berating me and making me cry, which happens. But someone said, isn't having a trainer weird where horseback riding isn't like some other sport where you just like learn how to do it and then you go off and do it and you don't need someone telling you what to do all the time. And I, again, I don't exactly remember the precise context and who was talking to me about that. But it literally has stayed with me 25 years later. Because first of all, it's like, when are we actually done being taught or looking for feedback? Is that is that just like so wrong that whether I was a you know young person in a competitive world wanting to do better, or maybe I was just 
doing it for fun and I was around dangerous animals or just doing something for fun and just wanted to get better. Because that was 25 years ago. It was before we had YouTubes and you know, Facebook groups and all those other things where we can actually like go and learn. I learned how to swim laps and I was still, I still am like looking up how to do it better. And that's literally just for fitness. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm taking, I'm, I'm part of a membership that teaches me how to run better. So I, I don't know, maybe it's different now than it was 25 years ago, but as someone who is by my very nature, just kind of a seeker for feedback. I don't, I don't think that looking for mentorship or a role model is a sign of weakness by any means. Not only that, but then this was kind of my next thought is that it, it may not be a necessity. Um, for me it is, but I wouldn't, also, I wouldn't go the other way and say that mentorship is a luxury either. It is whether you pay for it or you with money, like <laughs> dollars, um, or or you are paying for it with someone else's time and um, gratitude. It is it is something you know that that we pay for in some way or another, but. I was thinking about this the other day is that anyone who says that they don't need feedback doesn't need feedback. And, you know, whether or not they could actually use feedback, that's, that's, that's a totally different ball game, but they're not going to take it no matter what. So that was just kind of a thought that I had. I wasn't even thinking about this particular subject. So onward. For me, uh, just kind of thinking about mentorship, how it's been important in my growth, I knew early on that it was going, like feedback in general was the key to improving. For me, for my animal training, I, I just knew it. Like geographically speaking, I was kind of isolated. I was very isolated in Wyoming. Um, I was used to being in college when I was really getting into operant conditioning and I worked for, I worked professionally in the avicultural community. I went to seminars. I went to workshops. I, I had a strong mentor there. Um, when I was learning about parrot free flight, you know, this was decades ago, but I then went to Wyoming and I was just kind of in this like purgatory. So, uh, I continued then to go to conferences and workshops even being as isolated as I was. And this is kind of like early 2000s. So in, I, I didn't have a great access to the internet per se, plus it's Wyoming. Um, sorry if you are listening from there, but um, there's many, many areas where high speed is just not really a thing. And it's just like your little dial up and it's sad. So um, for me, finding role models and mentors in real life and maintaining those relationships like one-on-one, that was, that was the product of going to conferences in just like kind of as a, as a natural outcome. So I knew that that was just the way that I was going to, was going to improve. And I was just, I was just like your non-professional animal trainer. I didn't even know what was in store for me. So kind of like thinking about mentorship professionally. Um, and this is just kind of like my experience and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be careful, but I do know from experience that some professional cultures kind of only hire from within. And I'm thinking kind of like of your bigger, like zoological facilities that like to be really careful about how they hire, um, making sure that the chemistry is there and all of the things that kind of come with, um, the legalities and liabilities of hiring. So learning can kind of be incestuous. And what I mean is that, yeah, you have to hire someone who is prepared to work their way up from the system of kind of a, like a, a, an unskilled labor job and then, you know, works their way into the system. And this is not the way it always works. I have seen this quite a bit, but it can be a very insular community. 
and some of those professional cultures. And so people kind of stick with what they know and they become uncomfortable uh, with outside ideas, outside information. And I say this with very painful experience on my end. The injection of new ideas and different ways of thinking is really hard. And so it doesn't lend itself well to constructive feedback. Again, my experience. Um, for me, I kind of felt my own skills really flagging because it, I mean, there were so many different ways that just giving someone feedback in a training session was just, just on it, you know, just on its head was hard, but you're only using the the set of skills that you know in order to help someone. And and again, when it's all kind of the same culture, the homogenous culture, then it's really hard. So that's where mentorship and having outside and having a plethora of role models has been really helpful. And there's, there's a lot of ways to do this. It doesn't just mean that you just have to have this like guru or wizard that you go to and say like, here's a video of my training session. What do you think? We have so many more resources in this day and age than I did. Podcast was not even a word when I was really kind of in the throes of my panic about how am I going to become a better animal trainer working at a zoo where like everyone learned from each other, so to speak. I'm speaking to this particular medium of mentorship as one among many, and I think it's just really valuable. So what I found was that, and I'm just going to call, like, if if you don't mind, uh, I'm going to call, like, m- my mentor kind of like, or my role models is kind of like my wizard. Um, and so being able to have someone that you know that well, or you know their training style that well, and it could be for any reasons you could have their, you know, you could, you could be watching them on social media. You could be reading their books, their blogs, their, um, DVDs, if that's a thing. Um, you could just be so kind of immersed in their training style that it could be something f- like it was for me. It was like, well, what would my wizard do in this particular situation? And just as a caveat, obviously we don't want to hold anyone to an impossible standard there. It's like, it, it's very probable that people just aren't perfect all the time, that they always have patience and sort of that that mindset that everything is always going to work out as long as I just like take four deep breaths and work my way through it. But it is helpful at least to have some sort of railroad track to rest your mind on that someone else has probably been in this scenario before. And what do you think they would do? For me, that was just a huge driver in my knowledge vehicle. Not, it didn't take the only seat, the only driver's seat but it was huge. And I don't think any one medium should be that for people. Um, that's just my, that's just a thought. Uh, but if you are choosing to push your curiosity past just a passing getting by, which I'm going to guess that you probably are, since you are listening to a podcast, you aren't one of those. And you are probably taking a lot of information from a lot of different resources. And that's fantastic. I, I, I just feel strongly that, you know, learning how to speak to someone and get constructive feedback and sometimes even constructive feedback stings, but I do feel that mentorship is just really, really valuable because it also allows us to, to take information in that isn't always easy, but is necessary. And I will say as someone who has had a lot of role models, uh, good ones and bad ones, that I owe successes even to the really awful ones. And I'm not saying this as a masochist, that people have to go through what I did in order to find some measure of success. Gross. But there's, I feel like, a guidepost of some of the decisions that I can offer to others because I made those decisions and I made mistakes. And those could be useful because I don't want people to make the same mistakes that I did. You might, I mean, anyone who's ever been told, like, never make the same mistake twice, 
probably knows that rarely does a mistake present itself in the same way each and every time. So yeah, I've definitely made the same mistake twice. Hell yeah. But I've also learned about what makes a good mentoring relationship. And, and again, just like why they're so important. And if anything, I think entrepreneurship being one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life has really sort of opened me up to really wanting to help people and animals kind of all at the same time because it has been filled with so many false starts and uh, just really, I think I've mentioned this before, kind of elegant and inelegant flailings where I wish I had more wizards for all the different kinds of paths and hats that I need to wear. And sometimes my feedback, many times my feedback does not come in the form of a boss telling me, well, that was inappropriate or incorrect, or why did I do that? It comes in the behavior of my animals, you know, falling apart months, possibly down the road um, from a mistake, a decision I made, or it could have been days or weeks or hours later. It's hard to tell. So you kind of have to be your own your own boss and tease apart those variables. Or it could be in trying to figure out what your kind of young and inexperienced staff is not telling you. And that's your lack of feedback that you're getting. And so that's kind of, I guess, where mentorship has been really, really important for me because I do have just like such an important little like collection of people that I can go to when it comes to working with, working with my, you know, staff and clients with positive reinforcement and really wanting to maximize the conversations that I have, get better myself. As I said at the top of this, I am a seeker. I want to improve and I want to optimize the parts of me that I really want to help people. Um, that is something that I like literally get up, gets me up out of bed every day. And I never realized that about myself until I realized like, wow, this really, this is really fulfilling, but I can't do this by myself. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, I have a strange business model where I am and I'm going on a tangent, but regardless, uh, entrepreneurship is all about realizing that you can't compartmentalize your life no matter what you think that you're doing. And I say this also kind of to my staff as well as like when people say like, Oh, leave your personal problems at home. That's not a thing. We don't exist in a bubble. And juggling personal issues with professional issues, I know as a boss, I can't get away from any of it. I can't leave work. I can't clock out and and leave everything behind. I know that as a boss, so I can't expect that as, you know, as, I mean, I, I should say I know that as as an entrepreneur, so I can't expect that as a boss. So I as I love all the different kinds of feedback that I get. And so I, I value that relationship so much. And I, I know that for myself, I have sought that relationship and, and sometimes inappropriately, like, um, how, how do I clarify that and make that sound a little bit less naughty? Um, just boundary issues because not everyone is a good teacher and not everyone has my best interests. Well, I mean, no one really has no one, but me, I guess, but you know, not everyone wants us, you know, the, the, the teacher student or the group, you know, me and them to succeed. So together, I should say. So and as someone who has maybe even had like self-confidence issues because I've put myself into really challenging scenarios and then looked for help, like, okay, what now? Um, that has kind of put me in situations where 
it, it's been kind of tricky. And again, like realizing like, oh, this person just isn't a good teacher. It doesn't necessarily speak to them. It doesn't, I should say it, I should emphasize, it doesn't necessarily speak to their character. It could, but that's not really what we're talking about here. And just to kind of like put some clarity because I maybe I'm talking in circles, who knows? Uh, but kind of at the beginning of my, uh, well, I, I was working with someone and it was clear that they were kind of all over the page. And I said something to the effect of like, Hey, what if we just like got like a business coach or got like a business mentor? And they looked at me and they said, well, I think you could use a business mentor. I'm at the top of my game right now. So maybe you need to figure that out for yourself. And I was like, oh, okay. That's not really how I would expect this conversation to go for someone who is open to growing and changing. So that was really informative to kind of the place where that little relationship between that person and I were. So that's kind of what I mean when I'm trying to be respectful that they're being careful of boundaries as well. When you're looking for someone who you want feedback from, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. Well, let's put a pin in that because what I want to talk about next is why I think animal training needs mentorship. And like some of the things that I think about, obviously I beat like into the ground. Like if you've heard this podcast once, you've heard it a million times, you know that I think that it's a highly democratized space. Anyone can be anyone. And the onus really is on us, you, me, when asking a question, when looking for advice, when looking for information, to be able to vet the source. That is very important. And so, for instance, if I see a social media account, if I see a YouTube, well, that's social media, but like if I see some sort of podcast or some content where I don't know if that person chooses not to put their name on it, like a blog or, and there's actually a lot out there. I'm not going to go any further because I want to know where that information is coming from. And if that person is not willing to put their name on the information, then it's no good to me. I don't care what they say. They could even cite their sources Sources we know can be slanted to look like anything. We know that. So it really takes us, not that source, I should back up and say like, not that sources are irrelevant. They are not, but it can be exhausting. So starting at the very beginning, if your name is not on your blog or your social media account, or well, let's just start there. Your podcast, I'm done. I'm not going any further. Okay. Anyone can be anyone. There are so many YouTubers where thousands of followers could mean you either have professional training experience or you've lived with your eclectus for five years and you've got some tips over the course of those five years. Great. No shade intended, but we need your audience also needs to recognize that there are some not uh, some limitations to the influence there. Again, let's put a pin in that one too. A blue pin. The first one came with a red pin. Animal training comes with lots of ego. We want to be the best person for our animals. We want to know that we are doing the best by our animals. I want to know that I'm doing the best by my animals. I know I can always improve but I want to know that I'm doing the best that I can for the animals in my care with the information that I have. There already is a mentor model. Falconry is big on mentors, especially here in the U S and there are other long-term relationships in animal care existing today. So the mentor model absolutely exists and needs to be revered, uplifted, 
and celebrated. Animal lives and welfare is a really, really big deal. It changes and it shifts. There's always more information to be found. And of course, as you probably have heard me say, small mistakes can have a big impact. And that's probably like one of the biggest, just like crappiest things about life, but especially about animal care. Like you can leave a toy in too long and that can mean that your bird dies because there was frayed cotton or it ingests something that it wasn't supposed to because it chewed on it for too long. And it can just be a dumb mistake, but that is life and it sucks. I feel like having someone that you can trust that you can call on for your questions is just one of one of the best things that you can possibly think of. And, and yes, you can write in to a Facebook group. You're going to get 11 different opinions for 10 different people that you ask. You might even get some insults in there. I've had a few people over the decades and some that are still with me. I have text groups. I have chat groups on my, well, I guess that's what you call a text group. Uh, I have a core support system, again, that I know that I can go to for my questions. And if they don't know, they're going to point me in the right direction. But one other thing that I've noticed, and this has just kind of been special for me, that maybe it's rare to find someone who is generous with their information. And that's something that we should also revere. Because when you hear someone like on a pod, well, I was going to say a, a, a podcast, um, no irony intended. I'm not talking about myself, but anyone, someone who has a podcast being like interviewed or just putting out content or even taking your call. That is really special. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I, this is like, this is why I was like thinking about this recently. It's just, uh, I asked a friend if they wanted to talk on the podcast about falconry because this person had been so generous with their time. He wasn't my sponsor, but they were so nice and like always answered my questions. Someone I, I could just like, I could have a bird on my glove, something was happening and I could just like call them and my questions would be answered. And they didn't want to come on the podcast and talk about falconry. And I, I, I get it how sharing things publicly to an unknown audience is completely different than the model that we give time to our friends. And I, I mean, I get it. It's really hard putting yourself out there. And I know just kind of like some of the smaller communities that we're part of, like sharing information with each other, you know, that that's something that's completely different. And it is done really generously and freely and without tons of judgment so I just think as a general rule, like recognizing the relationship deserves a, like gratitude. Perhaps some inspection, right? You know me. I, I like to, I like to know my sources, uh, but I, I just feel like it's really special that people are serving others and sharing knowledge and those successes benefit the birds and they benefit our community because everything that we know today came from something that was learned by someone yesterday. And we build on the information of others. You don't just like conjure something up out of thin air. It could have been wrong yesterday, but we still learned from it. We still built from it. It still sparked some level of curiosity in us to investigate further. And that is why it's so important for us to recognize those things. All right. Okay. Let's go back to our pin. 
what are we going to look for in our role models and our mentors? Now, these are my personal thoughts. Um, I, I have standards. Um, they don't have to be your standards. This is what I look for. As you probably, probably recognized earlier, I am a seeker, like I said, but I, I've made some mistakes too. So, um, but I, I, I do have some thoughts about some, some of this kind of stuff. So I think it would be helpful like I mentioned, is to have someone that lets you in so much in their own way. Again, it can just be content that's put out there that when you get in a bind, you can think, what would my role model do? And I don't want, again, I don't want that person to be put on a pedestal. I don't want it to be an impossible standard. That's not fair. It's beyond realistic, but it is so helpful to me when I, it's really informed my, my training paradigm. And so if that means you're consuming information and in consuming information, you're not just pulling, it doesn't mean that you're just pulling from one person only, but you are measuring the kinds of, of information that you're getting and how it kind of matches up and, and compares with other, with the most important, like the most valuable information that you have. So that what I'm, I guess what I mean is like, I don't want to be like, Oh, I, I research from, you know, 20 different people because those 20 different people are going to have contradictory advice. And that's not necessarily bad, but some of it is, is really contradictory and, and will just confuse you and your animal and your bird. So what I want to do is make sure that it's congruent. It can, it, doesn't always have to be the same, but it complements itself, each other. So that brings me to my second point, and this is my guiding light. If you've ever been to a workshop at our place at the ABI Ranch, there is one coming up in February, um, FYI. (laughs) Um, But this, this this is what I truly believe. A leader, a mentor, a role model is always honest and forthright about their mistakes. There were two ideas of wisdom that were given to me and I've taken me, I've taken them with me. And the first one is, is that I will never second guess your first instinct. And what I mean is like, if something happens, like, you know, something crazy happens in like a training session or you're working with an animal, you're in, you know, you're, you're doing something in their home space and something happens and you just react Um, you do something quick and maybe it wasn't your finest moment, but you did what you thought you needed to do. That's fine. We're going to kind of talk it down and, and see, you know, see what skills we need to build afterwards, but it's not for me to, to criticize that. Your first instinct is always the best you did with the skills and the information that you had at the time. And the second one is, is that no mistake you can make in training birds is one that I haven't made. If we are learning to lure fly, uh, and we're worried about beating the bird or getting tangled or we're flying, falling over, we're worried about fly offs. I've done it all. And that was also an idea that was given to me by one of my teachers. And it was the most amazing gift because I can't shield you from all of your mistakes past and future, but I can be there with you and I can help you through them. And to me, humility is so powerful and you just don't see it enough. I'm not going to sit there on high and lord over people as if I never ever make mistakes. And I always have the presence of mind to do things perfectly the first time through that. Those are two kind of, of my, my big ones in, in a role model for me. Uh, number three, recognition that everyone, including your mentor is still growing. Everyone is still changing. Everyone is growing. They may be growing in a different direction. You could be growing together, or away from each other. 
if your mentor seems to be staying the same, maybe you outgrow, maybe you need to outgrow them and that's okay. It's okay to eclipse someone. Relationships don't have to last forever. And I have several, I have a few people that just aren't in my life anymore that provided a really valuable service for me. I hope it was reciprocated, but I I don't know. Um, they, they taught me so much and their service was so valued in that capacity. And a lot of it was about, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking specifically about animal training, about bird training, but, um, and then, and then the relationship just went away. It, it, it outgrew the moment and it's fine. So I feel like we sort of hold on to some relationships and some ideas of what people are, even though they change or they grow at a different rate or they grow into a different direction. And we feel like they need to be something that they're not. Speaking of humility, um, a role model for me knows their limits. They don't have to know the right answer. And if they don't, they say it. If it's not in their wheelhouse, that is okay. And to that effect, a mentor for me, and I've, I've said this before, it doesn't have to be someone who's like a high profile professional. Um, it's important again, to recognize the limits of someone's base of influence, but it doesn't mean they have to be an expert, um, on everything or most things or a lot of things. My free flight mentor was someone who had been doing it long enough to know what worked and what didn't. It wasn't like he was out there like teaching courses. He was just really enthusiastic and he had the personality to help me understand calculated risks. That was it. He is amazing. He's still my friend today. Uh, It's understandable that people want to hitch their wagon to a person or an organization, a personality, an idea. But for me, I'm more interested in values and missions and ideas of the future. So I can see where it's kind of sexy to want to call a certain person or organization a mentor, but that that's not for me what's the most important. Finally, well, maybe not finally, I, I don't know. Um, what does your mentor want out of the relationship? Because remember, they're taking time they are um, putting themselves out there. And it's important that you realize you don't have to be on board with everything that person does or says. You do have to assess your non-negotiables, but you're not just kind of like, you have obligations to your teachers and your role models. You're not a buoy adrift here. You're not a passive consumer of information. You are reflecting their teachings. So for instance, like as an apprentice falconer, there are obligations that that person has to their sponsor that are specific to what the sponsor asks of, uh, and sponsors ask different things. But again, as a student, you are, you are a reflection of what is valuable to that mentor. And and also vice versa. So for me, this has kind of been important lately for reasons I'm not going to go into, but there are some non-negotiables for me. And this was, this was kind of important to me when I realized, like, I had a person reach out to me that was looking for references for uh, a future, a potential client. And she said, oh, I noticed that you guys had a connection, you know, like some social media connection. And I was like, Oh, I I don't know this person. She said, Oh, I just, you know, I I saw, I saw that you, it looked like you knew them. And so it seemed, it seemed like they were a good person. So I, I was going to agree to the deal, but then I, I decided to check with you first. And it really made me realize how important that the connections that we make in the virtual world do have a certain amount of weight And we may only know a person by what they post. And that's a very carefully curated version of themselves. 
But we are putting out a message to others too. And and there's that kind of back and forth about mentorships and role models. And finally, just kind of going back to what it means, I guess, <laughs> I guess to be human. Um, people have different faces and that's okay. Everyone has a different idea of who you are based on the context that they know you. We emphasize different qualities of ourselves based on the audience that we're around. And that is, that is what it means to be human. And our, our role models are no different. So it's important not necessarily to hold them to an impossible standard, but just kind of, again, thinking about those connections. Remember that others will judge you and you can judge others by the company that they keep and rightfully so. All right, I got to land the ship. So I hope it is evident. Perhaps it is because I tend to repeat myself sometimes when I'm really excited about things that role models to me are really important. It's something that I take very seriously and growth seeking, understanding and optimizing myself are also things that I find really valuable and worthy of my inquiry and inspection. Uh, It doesn't necessarily have to be the same for others, but when it comes to animal care, animal training, animal behavior, that is something that I think is even more worthwhile than just say like, okay, I'm, you know, just going to learn even more about entrepreneurship. Although that is important because I'm taking care of people's lives, but still, um, it's, it's important to me because I, I want to keep doing this and I want to keep doing this really well. And I want to keep doing it better tomorrow than I'm doing it today. So if that means being humble and realizing that feedback is one of the most important components, if not the most important components of growth, then that's what I'm going to do. So if you are, I guess, looking for role models and mentors in your life, I think the best thing that you can do is also look at like how in, in finding someone to teach me, how can I also be of service to them? Because that's a really important part of kind of a give and take relationship. All right. We've got some great things in store for 2022. And I couldn't be more excited to come to you in this podcast space with some really awesome ideas. So take care and bye for now.